Today's episode is episode 175, and today's episode is called Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude is a German word which explains the feeling of taking pleasure from somebody else's misfortune. It's an interesting word. In English, we don't have a word that encapsulates that feeling because it's a very particular feeling. It's interesting that they have that word in German which for me would indicate that it is a human feeling that is quite common, because otherwise, why would you need a word to describe something that isn't common? Personally, in my own life, I've found that Schadenfreude, Schadenfreude? I think that's the correct pronunciation. Could be wrong on that. I don't speak German. I found it's a very unconscious way of being. And the reason I was thinking about this word, well, I read about it in another book I was reading, and then I was also writing the chapter on walking the line where I talk about the Valley of Resignation. And the Valley of Resignation is a place where people go to resign themselves to their fate in life, to what they believe to be their fate in life. It's that feeling, you live in the Valley of Resignation when you give into the feeling that there's nothing you can do about the world around you. You have to abide by society, you have to abide by the paths that people take. I don't believe that that is a concrete reality that there's no leeway in. I believe it's difficult to navigate your way through to come out the other side of valley, the valley of resignation. I think it requires long-term thinking. It requires really getting in touch with who you are and what you want to do in the world. It requires having pragmatism. It actually ties into Ryan Bush's concept about cognitive optimism, but no, it's cognitive realism, but emotional optimism. That's the type of way of operating in the world that can help you to navigate through the valley of resignation while also remaining true to yourself. So I thought about this concept of Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude? Let me just check that there quickly. So Schaden, Schadenfreude. That's what got me thinking about Schadenfreude. Because I feel it's a way of operating in the world from people who've given up on life that have resigned themselves to the idea that they're powerless to change, to create the life they want to live. And I think... I'm talking more in terms of a feeling and a soul level that isn't taken into consideration in a civilization that's so focused on output, productivity, and defining ourselves by our job, by our status in society. I think you lose a huge amount of individual soul that can't easily be quantified. It can't easily be shown the negative consequences. But I think it's really up to the individual to feel that out. And it'll be the things that bother you. So the way to, to see whether you're disconnected from fundamental parts of yourself Look at your addictions. So it'll be addictions in behaviors. So you could be drinking more than you're happy with. It could be addictions in thinking. 
So you could be seeking the approval in your own thinking, your own thought process of people that you don't want to be seeking the approval from. You can get curious around why that is, what trauma is that highlighting for you, what need are you looking to meet in an unconscious way. Look at those types of things in your life to see whether you are living aligned with yourself. I think the vast majority of people wouldn't be because it's a process of undoing this stuff and reconnecting with how you feel comfortable operating in the world. Because the more you do the inner work, the more these addictions will gradually fall away. But when you're not doing the inner work, I think you, you can just live in this value of resig, resi, resignation. You become bitter about the world. You don't want to genuinely see other people succeed. Because it's easier to take pleasure in somebody else's failure. It's easier to, to laugh at somebody else who's trying to be real and trying to, to do something with their life that matters. It's easier to take pleasure from them failing, from them struggling, than it is to put yourself out there and try and do something worthwhile with your life because it that process is difficult it's long term it's not easy but the positive to doing that is that you don't need to live a life where you're fully disconnected from yourself you don't need to buy into the entrapment of society you can navigate your way around that better so from my point of view, I can't give advice to somebody who's not in the same situation I'm in. I can't give you advice if you've got a family or different responsibilities that I mightn't have right now. But I know from my own experience that there's things I've been through, things I've negotiated my way around that I could have easily looked at in a way where I'm looking for society to give me the answers. I'm looking for somebody else to do my thinking for me. And as long as I'm operating from a way of being like that, I'm never willing to put myself out there. I'm never willing to do things that mightn't work, do things that don't make sense. I'm never looking for a deeper reason to do something. So that's what I found with navigating my way through the Valley of Resignation. You start getting in contact with deeper parts of yourself that you didn't even know existed. You start understanding you can do things for a deeper reason and not necessarily need anybody else to understand the deeper reasons you're doing things for really gets you in touch with the creative process because I think you need to have creativity to escape the valley of resignation. I think in the chapter I used uh, Thoreau's quote about most men lead lives of quiet desperation. I feel it does slowly chip away at ourselves. It's like dead by a thousand cuts. We don't notice it day to day, but it compounds over time in a feeling of, is this all there is to life? Do I even know who I am? other than who I think I am. And we think that these questions are too big to really take seriously, take the heart in a, in a functional way, in a way where you're not becoming some crazy erratic person who's disconnected from reality and the rest of the world. I think there's a misperception around that, that if we take these questions seriously, that don't ultimately have concrete answers, they're very individual to you, that we become a bunch of crazy people and we wouldn't be able to work together. Where I don't think that is necessarily true. I think you can orient yourself in the world quite well. I think you can have a distance between 
knowing that these are the rules of life, these are the parameters within which we are existing right now, but it's not fundamentally a part of my identity and I can operate around that better than you can play the game better to play the different games of life. And also I got another paragraph around this, where it's talking about a lot of times we have unconscious games in our life where underpinning it is we're trying to go about meeting unconscious needs that we haven't met in ourselves. So for example, if you don't feel like you've got the fundamental need of feeling loved, you could, and you don't see it in your, maybe your family environment or immediate people around you that you can get that love from them, that feeling of love. You, you could go about it in a roundabout way where you're starting to go look for alternatives. So you could attach it to your career and say, if I climb the corporate ladder here, I might get a sense of love then from other people. It's not a, it's not a thought process that you'll think out. That's why it's unconscious. It's more that you're looking for feelings in yourself and your unconscious mind is trying to figure out ways that you can get those feelings if it's not readily available to you in your immediate environment. But with that unconscious need for love, what I'm surprisingly starting to see is that it's self-love. I'm starting to realize that self-love, it's not, it's not a concept. It's not a way of thinking about yourself so that you can feel good about yourself. It's realizing that love is a state. It's a feeling state that isn't conditional on anything or anyone interacting with you in a certain way. It's unconditional love. So you can have that feeling for no other reason than being in that feeling. But it does require a good degree of self-mastery and self-awareness to start even realizing that such a thing exists. Like five years ago, I wouldn't know where to begin with that because I would be in my conceptual head trying to figure out how to think about myself in a way where I felt love for myself. Now I'm starting to realize that it's a process of undoing all the conditions in your head that make you feel like you need to do certain things to feel a certain way. It's, that's the process. It's unraveling all that. So I'm in no way near a master at that, but I'm starting to see that that is the direction here. So in that situation, then it like the addictive behaviors, the unconscious needs, that example there, that was an unconscious need to feel loved. They start falling away the more you start moving in the direction of truth, how these things actually work. So it saves you a lot of time in the long run, a lot of heartache. It saves you time and heartache because you just won't be around the wrong people so much because in order for you to be playing the game of meeting your own conscious needs for certain feelings, you also have to be interacting with other people in the same game. But the more you see that in yourself, the more you'll see it in other people and the more you just won't be inclined to play the game. And you'll actually end up helping those people as well if they're open to operating from a different way of being. So that's, that's a part of, well, that's a deep part of leaving the value of resignation. When you start looking in a new direction, you start realizing there is a way out of this valley. It's not just an uphill thing, an uphill struggle. It's, it's true creativity, true deeply questioning in the, questioning the world that you start to leave the value, you start to create your own world. That's a lot of what my book is about, The Edge. So, Sch Schadenfreude, 
another way that this plays out, I've seen it when I was growing up. It can be very innocent too, but it's it's a it's a habit that can be it can be innocent, but it can also compound over time where it'll take up more and more of your way of seeing things. An example of Schadenfreude, very simple example, would be people going on Britain's Got Talent, American Idol, or some platform like that, where they make a fool of themselves because they haven't got self-awareness around what their actual abilities are. And they think they're a lot better. So the thing is, it's okay to do something where you're not, you might be specifically greatly talented at it, or you might be great at it, but you've got an awareness that you don't think you're better than you actually are. But some people in American Idol can go on. That's where you see the power of delusion. That's how powerful the mind can be, where they can genuinely feel like they're great singers, but then to the rest of the world, we can see their actual ability and we laugh at it. So that's Schadenfreude, where we're taking pleasure from somebody else's misfortune, because that is misfortune for that person. that They can't see what the group sees. So there's a lack of empathy, lack of compassion. And that's something you can tr- that can trickle out more into the rest of your life the more you continue on with life where you're you're not actually putting yourself out there, you're not being vulnerable. Because the thing is with that person who went on American Idol, at least they had the vulnerability to, to say that this is their dream, this is, is their ambition, because that's even a vulnerable thing to do, to, to say your genuine ambitions and dreams. So in that regard now, I used to be the person that would laugh at that. And to an extent, it's not like I'm uh, some morally righteous guy. If something was there, I'd kinda, I might laugh at it still but not in the way where I'm laughing at the person. I'm kind of laughing more at the behavior before I felt like I laughed more at the person. So it's, it's, it's like that thing. So if you've got a friend and they fall, they slip and fall and it's hilarious. You're laughing at what happened. You're not actually laughing at the person if you're a genuine friend, but another person who looks at the same thing and they don't actually like the person they laugh at the person and you can actually feel that you can sense that uh as a person the more you get connected with yourself and connect with other people so there's a huge difference there between laughing at somebody's behavior because you see it as separate from the actual person you still actually like the person i think the person that happens to as well they can sense that and it, it allows them to laugh at themselves when they sense that the person laughing is laughing at the behavior not them so that's just a simple thing there. So Schadenfreude, I think it could be very unconscious there, like a simple thing, like laughing at people on American Idol. But I think it can become, it can also be conscious, I think. It can be in people who are just, they, they don't like their life, so they don't want to see other people doing well. It's, it's, it's the idea that when you look at somebody who's doing bad, you think to yourself, at least I'm not doing that bad. Again, I think it's unconscious, to be honest. You can look at somebody and you take pleasure in the fact that your life isn't as bad as their life. So by the simple fact that they exist, it improves your self-esteem. Like they're not nice ways of being for yourself, purely on a selfish level. If those are the pleasurable feelings you feel in your life, then your life's going to feel very hollow and empty because you're not experiencing genuine joy or happiness or genuine fulfillment or meaning in your life or purpose you're just experiencing whatever pleasure you can get because that's the i feel like that's the bottom of the barrel levels of pleasure we can get and we can all do much better and we don't need to be saints or anything like that we can actually start working in our own self-interest genuinely working in our own self-interest 
because I think from my experience, the more I've been operating for my own genuine self-interest, that's been me working on a podcast, writing books, connecting with people, listening more to people, expressing myself better, healing from my more of my triggers. So that's me operating for my own self-interest. If I didn't do any of that work, my life would be a lot more painful, probably engage in schadenfreude unconsciously, maybe even consciously if, it, if the pain was bad enough in my life. So that's the thing with altruism. I don't feel like there's a, such a thing as unselfish altruism. And there doesn't need to be a thing as unselfish, mar- unselfish altruism. Because I feel like when people think they're unselfish, they start playing the role of the martyr. And nobody likes being around a martyr. I don't like being around a martyr because by them actually doing things for you, they make you feel like they're morally superior for you, superior than you because they're willing to put themselves through more pain in life than you. I think that's an awful way of operating that you associate moral goodness and righteousness with the amount of suffering and pain you put yourself through. I think it's much better to operate from the premise that there's unnecessary pain and suffering we're all putting ourselves through. And life is a process of waking up to that pain and suffering so we can all lead better lives, more fulfilled lives, more meaningful lives, and lives that are more connected to ourselves and to other people. I think that can be picked up on, honestly, from religion, that you can spend so much time looking at saints and martyrs that you start to put them on a pedestal and actually want to emulate them again i feel it's on an unconscious level that you much rather to be that saint who's suffering than a sinner who's got this kind of pleasure pleasurable hedonistic life and they're doing so much damage i think both sides are damaging on an unconscious level i don't think you need to be a saint to be a good person because again i don't think we you i don't think you can concretely define what a saint is i feel it's more on the feeling embodied level that somebody is self-actualizing and that's the path that i find is a lot more pleasurable to follow because you don't know what you're going to get it's an unknown path it's an unknown path of self-actualization that's where the curiosity comes from that's where the joy of living comes from whereas if you've got a concrete picture of what your life should look like and who you should look like that for me, would be the road to martyrdom, suffering. It'd be the road to even thinking that this life is about suffering. There's going to be better life in heaven after this. That way of thinking, that completely gets you in your head out of the present moment and is counterproductive to leading a good life that you feel satisfied with. So that's schadenfreude. That's what I wanted to talk about today. It's a feeling that I think you can eliminate from your life, pretty much. Yeah, I think you can you can eliminate shit, Schadenfreude from your life. I think if you never thought about these things, there's probably elements of Schadenfreude in your life. But again, you can decide to to change that today if you want to. And that's it. That's what I want to talk about today. As ever, if you want to support the podcast, then head on over to unconventionalhumans.com. You can join 
the membership option there. Where it's like five euro a month to support the podcast. You can join a monthly Zoom call. There's also a shop I've made available now. So it's it's early days yet. If you want to buy t-shirts or any type of merchandise on with unconventional humans podcast artwork and the books artwork if you're interested in checking that out there's a shop link now on the website and then as always if you enjoyed the podcast i'd appreciate it if you could leave a rating and a review it helps the podcast to grow if you're watching on youtube subscribe to the channel thanks again for listening and i'll speak to you on the next episode